Hi there guys, welcome to Grupo Sanzalo's podcast. I'm your host, Mestre Pedro, and this is our episode number 54. Today's episode was recorded live last Friday, 5th of November, and it was the second installment of Mestre Versace and I talking about abuse in our community. And uh, the overall aim is just to open a space where we as a community can have a conversation in an honest, frank manner. I believe this is a subject that uh, is very hard to tackle and doesn't get enough attention or space. So would love to hear from you, your feedback, if you had any questions, and would love to keep this conversation going and make more episodes according to your feedback and questions that you might have. So please have a listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Valeu, Axé. Hi there, guys. Welcome to a special episode of the Grupo Sanzalo podcast. I have here my friend, Mestre Versátil. Thanks for joining us. Há tempo, há tempo. Valeu, valeu. Good to see you. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining in tonight. Um, so today's, today's episode, we want to talk about professionalism capoeira, seeing capoeira as an aspect of healthcare, which we're going to talk about informed consent, code of conduct, uh, upfront pricing, schedule information. Uh, we're also going to be talking about rank and hierarchy, you know, saying that everything has limits how we can respect knowledge and skill without creating idols. And uh, to have the easy, hard conversation, you know, it's, it's uh, easier to have a hard conversation up front than uh, having a, a very almost impossible conversation afterwards. So, uh, welcome, Versace. Thank you for, for, for joining in. And, and um, yeah, if you could just... No, we start with like we we we've been. This is the second episode, and that we've been approaching this 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 uh, issue now, and um, I, I I really think these these are important. But I'd like to to hear your your you know your mindset behind those topics that you decided to to call it in. Um, yeah. I think that you know again this is this is part of a series because like as you've always said this is these are conversations that just have to continue to to happen um, and you know if we have a number of them then other people will have a number of them and you know sometimes we're able to give our points of view and other times we can sit back and watch and listen to other people's points of view and that way we all get to educate one another and that's you know why we we get to sit here like this um, and I think it's it's really a, a fairly simple uh, thing when we look at how we um, how we define capoeira um, or how we talk about capoeira. Um, you know, anytime you hear folks who've done capoeira for a long time, they talk about you know how capoeira saved their lives, how capoeira changes uh, their lives. You know, that capoeira is this microcosm in the hada, uh, in the circle that shows lessons that we need to learn and bring into our everyday lives. Um, capoeira salva vida, capoeira muda vida, all of these things that we say about capoeira. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily anything new or, or controversial to, to really say that capoeira is an extremely powerful uh, thing for the people who practice it. Um, it, it allows us to, uh, to grow and create communities where, you know, kids' lives are changed, street kids' lives are changed, adults in the West who are sitting up, uh, you know, doing nine to five jobs, our lives are changed. It's, you know, across the board, Capoeira has a, an ability to change people's lives for the better. Um, and because of that, and because of the ways, you know, I, that, it, that it works, I think that it's not difficult to argue that, you know, capoeira is, is healing. Uh, capoeira is educational, right? It, it 
teaches us a lot of the street smarts as well as uh, the the lessons that we learn from the histories of you know, people who were colonized and people who fought for uh, liberty. Uh, you know, capoeira is also uh, psychodynamic, which is a, a word that that we use uh, in psychology. That just means that it, it affects us at a psychological level um, and is is able to make changes for us at a psychological level. So, so capoeira is all these things, physical, mental, emotional, educational. Um, and so it's empowering and it's liberating for those of us who really feel uh, that, that change and have had those positive changes. But we also know that, uh, especially with these issues that, that pop up every once in a while in, 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 into the spotlight, uh, but never really go away, that for some people, the experience of capoeira uh, or the experience in the capoeira context has been disempowering, has been hurtful. Um, and I think one of the ways that we can address that is just by looking at how we really idealize capoeira. Um, and that is that everything that we attribute to capoeira is what we attribute to to healthcare, um, to, to the ways that we um, benefit one another's lives, um, not necessarily within the confines of an industry. So, you know, it's not like the way that the pharmaceutical industry or the medical industry necessarily provides healthcare, which is, you know, you get sick and then they give you something to deal with a sickness, but in a way that we're able to provide ongoing betterment, um, so that we don't get sick. Um, but there has to be a certain balance there. There's certain things that we expect when we go to a doctor, when we go to um, a school, um, when we go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, a therapist, when we go, even when we go to a massage parlor, right, to get, get our backs worked on, there's certain uh, types of etiquette and uh, professionalism that we expect that, you know, I don't think that we have been trained to expect that in Capoeira, even though we say all of these other things about Capoeira and how it's, it's this powerful force uh, that does all of these things. We don't take that next step to say, well, what does that mean as far as the responsibility of the, the practitioners, the teachers, the providers to then have this level of, of professionalism? And, you know, we, this is a, a very culturally based traditional art form that we do. And so there's no way that we can say, well, these are the laws and these are the rules of things. Um, but I do think that if we, we look at the culture that we live in uh, and try to match, even, even if you go to, to Africa, there are, um, you know, there's a huge amount of, of medical and spiritual knowledge that we gain there. And in those systems, even in, in, in Ifa um, and, and other traditional systems there, there is a responsibility uh, for the care of those who come to receive healing or direction uh, within those systems. So we can't also say that, that we we have to like, let it be just an open playing field because it's a cultural art, right? There still has to be some kind of uh, responsibility taken some kind of level of professionalism that's, that's applied there. And, and I think that's kind of the first uh, place where I find myself when I, when I start looking at, at Capoeira and how we can, you know, better it, better the experience for those who, who come to Capoeira for, for whatever they come for. Um, yeah. And, you know, not to say that the medical industry uh, has really amazing outcomes either. You know, there are certain medical procedures where the, the outcome of survivorship is 50-50, but it's still, you know, better than the disease by itself. Um, but I'm sorry, what were you saying? No, saying that capoeira, you know, is, is something that also is, is very, very much alive and, and evolving constantly. And, you know, I feel that, in my short uh, span, you know, of, of life, I've seen this transition of capoeira going from something that was really informal, 
you know, and and uh, in 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 a short space of time, in forty years, how it's it's you know gradually becoming more and more professional, you know, professional in the sense that we have more and more people practicing it, more and more people uh, uh, making a living out of it, uh, uh, and and also you know, Capoeira I think was in the U.S. from correct if I'm wrong, but like late, early 70s, right? And and in some places, early 80s. So it's the, pretty much the same uh, uh, in Europe. And it is also this transition of something that is informal. And it gets just like in the, in the HUD. I like, I like to really make this comparison of the HUD, how each individual in the HUD influenced the outcome of how the hard is gonna be, right? And by having, you know, folks from from the US, folks from 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 Europe, you know, everywhere Capoeira goes, Capoeira absorbs that in and and influence the the how it happens. So I think there is it's it's a that is a spirit of adjustments like what is expected. And then you know Capoeira here now, you know, say 40 years ago Capoeira was an event would be a one-day thing where you would have, you know, you just go and do a, a big hoda, do the batizada, and then there will be a table of fruits, and that was the capoeira event. And then gradually, yeah. you know, capoeira coming abroad, it had this whole impact of okay, people are making a living out of this, so we have to make it longer, few more days, and we're gonna do a few more things. We're gonna invite more people. So then, yeah, is is that, and at the same time, Brazil is comparison, you know, to Europe and, and the U.S., you know, just laws that, you know, if you're going to work with kids, for example, you got to have a, 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 some, you need a background check, you, need, you know, there's a certain uh, of training and, 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 and some checks and, and, you know, that you need to do. And this is not existing yet in Brazil. So I think is is definitely the case of, what is happening abroad that is starting to influence more and more, and it needs to, like you, like you were saying, it needs because those things need to be implemented, in, you know, in Brazil itself. And yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's it's interesting because you have that the view, even just being you know the son of a mastery, so really you have two at least two lifetimes of of the view of that history, um, and I think it's uh, important to recognize that the capoeira is something that has been evolving and organizing in different ways even you know the creation of of uniforms and court systems and even just school systems uh within capoeira uh is is part of that evolution so it's it's definitely not something that is that is foreign to capoeira to start looking at it in in ways that better serve you know the present day make it more uh, continue the relevancy uh, for it. Um, and I think that, you know, that's the inability to take that step is, is why, or the, the fact that we still have yet to really take that, that next logical step is why we have, uh, have had this, these issues come up. Um, we don't have the checks uh, and balances in place uh, that, that we need. And yet they're, to me, they're a very logical next uh, step. Like in, in medicine and uh, psychology and education, there, as you said, there's informed consent. Um, and, you know, some of these things don't apply the same way in Capoeira necessarily as they would in, in a medical office or in a school. But they still have ways that we can implement them, right, in, in, in Capoeira. Um, so informed consent, you know, like you said, background checks, especially if someone is working with children. Um, I think also the notion of providers as servants, um, which, you know, even in, in the medical field, uh, sometimes doctors forget that they're there to uh, take care of the patient rather than to condescend uh, or, you know, act like they, they know it's best all the time. Um, so you go to some schools, for instance, and uh, the, uh, the, the, you can visibly see the rank difference 
because of the way that teachers uh, may behave. Always getting in the front uh, of the Hada, even if the other students haven't had a chance to play yet. Um, always taking the instruments, even if there are other qualified people who know to play the music. Um, there, there, there are so many of these little aspects that we can you know, put checks in. Uh, it's, you know, to quote, uh, was it Ben Parker from Spider-Man, right? With great power comes great responsibility. Um, and I've seen amazingly orchestrated schools where the teachers, you know, they may get that first game, but then after they get their game, they don't play other teachers anymore. They make sure to play students. They make sure to find students who haven't had a chance to play yet and make sure that they get their chance uh, to play. And they, they're they really spending their time um, making sure that other students are learning and that they have those opportunities rather than, oh, these are there's all these teachers here who I haven't had a chance to play with. And so now we're just going to have all these teachers with teachers types of, of games. Um, and so I think just that shift in mentality that's already happening um, is something that we need to be looking at uh, across the board uh, because, you know, it's difficult for a student to come up to a teacher and say, Hey, you know, this is my turn. Why are you cutting in front of me? And, you know, it shouldn't be their responsibility to make us accountable. It, it's our responsibility to hold ourselves accountable. So even if, even if there's that game that we want to play, that we ask permission and that if the student doesn't look like they want to give it, then be, oh, no, no, go ahead. It's all good. It's all good. Take your game. Um, even explaining to the students, because in the moment, a student still might not want to say no. Uh, but explaining to the students that, yeah, if I want to cut in for a game, you don't have to let me. Um, it's just me exercising an option to ask, but it's your final decision. Um, small things that in ongoing conversations with our students, uh, let them know that they can just as easily hold us to accountability. Um, if we can orchestrate that just in the way that we play in the Hada, just the way that we relate to one another in the Hada, that those lessons, because the Hada is a reflection of what happens in real life, those lessons then extend into how we act when it's not a class time or how we act when we're at uh, a party or, or what have you. Um, so I think that is, that is ex extremely important. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree. And I, I, I like going back again to make this comparison because it's important to put things in, in the context of a timeline, you know, how, you know, not long ago in Brazil, you had to prove to the mastery that you wanted, that you deserve to be taught of capoeira, you know? Yeah. And and and, uh, and uh, you know, here now you want to make capoeira accessible to everyone. So it's like that's a hundred and eighty degree mentality, you know. Like from the stories, like Master Bimba say, "Oh, you want to do capoeira? Let me see if you can hold on the choke here." You know, like there was the, the, those mm -hmm. stories and stuff. Of course, he didn't do that. You know, like but it, but just this this idea that you need to do it. You know, and and I really find that it is me as a, as a, a person who is teaching capoeira abroad and who makes a living out of this and you want to keep it truthful to capoeira i i really find this important to keep it truthful to capoeira and try to to show what capoeira really is but at the same time you have to listen to the feedback that you have from from your students right so you you have to find which is kind of on on those topics that you wrote it down i really found uh, interesting this this concept that is like there is a hierarchy only makes sense if there is a reason behind it right mm -hmm. and it, it should not be like a blank check and and I, and I feel that this is super important to 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 keep it clear you know it's, it's important like you want your students to play in the harder but at the same time you have to pass on the idea that look now every hoda has a their own rule, so it's important to watch and observe and you know introduce yourself before you go into a, another hoda. So there's a whole set of etiquette that it's important because 
even the rules of how the game is played, you know, it can change widely from group to group, from places to Definitely. places in Brazil. And, and, uh, but I also feel that, you know, you, you, this idea of decolonizing, you know, this, because moving abroad and having to listen to the students, what they were saying, what they found was good and what was, you know, which, which battles you're gonna, you know, pick, right? Like what are, what are to be able to tell where do they have a real point in this and where you think, no, no, look, th th this is here for a reason, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, and uh, living abroad, it also made me realize how much of that kind of the culture of, you know, of how tough and, 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 and like just leftovers of this culture of slavery because Brazil was, you know, one of the last countries to abolish slavery. And we, we, we tell ourselves that, oh, Brazil is this wonderful place and stuff, but it, I, I'm not by no means, you know, uh, uh, it, 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 that's how it is. There are really amazing stuff in Brazil, but there is really cruel stuff and, and there are habits that are still strong in our society and Capoeira being part of, you know, coming from the Brazilian society also has. And sometimes it takes you from being outside that kind of sphere of influence to see things differently, you know, like the, exactly like this, sometimes the abuse of the authority and how that can be pushed, you know, and, and, and I feel that it is a fine line to, you know, you got to tell the students, look, there is a reason why this guy is a master, but this stops when the classes stops. And outside of that, you, like we say in Brazil, you don't have to swallow frog for no one. You know, yeah, swallow yeah. frog for no one. In Willisap, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, this is what I feel that is, is, is important as well to, to, you know, point out when you, you making this dialogue between you know your, your students and preparing them for the as they get more uh advanced and they start going to other places and you know yeah i think that's i think really that and for me especially you know because i am i am and basically an american practitioner of capoeira who's learned from brazilian masteries um and know that you know, in any movement, we replicate our uh, our oppression within the movements, even though these movements are, you know, are what allows us to overthrow our oppression in many ways. And so there's this struggle that that masters have and the teachers have uh, to to decolonize themselves or to look into themselves. Um, you know, I, I remember hearing so many stories about. How many messes had you know? Some messes had students, but other messes had disciples, right? And that that was almost an, an ideal that you know you were there like Jesus with your thirteen <laughs> disciples, um, you know, following your every word, you know, going from class to dinner to uh, samba to another to a hada and just hanging on every word as though a person was a prophet or something. And uh, it's definitely time to, to recognize that there are limits. I mean, if, if I'm in a class, you know, I'm going to listen to the master to find out how to throw a mahtelo in the best way within the circumstances of how that style, that group style is right. And, and, and understanding that that messy has a last word with regards to that. If I go to a different school, a different master will tell me something different, but I'm going to be listening to what that messy said because I'm in that space. And, and I think that type of understanding is, is where you know, we understand where that power differential makes sense, who has the last words within the uh, teaching of, of that tradition. But as soon as we leave the class, as soon as we're, as soon as we're out to lunch after the class, even though the messy is there, the messy uh goes from being you know shango do do whoever to being um julio or or whatever the 
their name is. And, and I think that that's um, one of the, one of the things, because I hear, I hear, you know, your, your students, for instance, uh, at times, you know, they will call you by your first name. Um, although your, your apellido seems to be your name, but in class, they'll call you Masi and outside they'll call you by your name. And I think that's an extremely healthy way of, of differentiating. Um, and, and I'm sure that that means that you at some point um, had to be like, oh, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm Pedro. We're, we're at the bar. We're drinking. We don't need to, you know, <laughs> you don't have to call me Masi here. We're having dinner together. You don't have to call me Masi here. Um, I think that's a very healthy thing in the class I messed you know um and I think understanding and really again it falls to us to to draw those lines um so that folks aren't you know calling us messy when we're all riding the bus together I'm not messy I got my bus token right here just like you have your bus token we're all you know maybe you can help me carry my bag because I have a hurt shoulder but that's that's not because I'm I'm better than you or you have to grovel to me it's because we're we help each other um so i think yeah that's that's a huge uh aspect of of understanding the limits of hierarchy um and i think that something that you brought up in a previous discussion uh is that a lot of times when we talk about these things we talk about them in a way that certain teachers or masters will hear it at first and be like, oh, you want to completely like eliminate the hierarchy? Well, then how am I going to be a teacher if nobody knows to listen to me as a teacher? Um, and so we also have to be, I don't want to say careful, but compassionate in the way that we talk about these things uh, so that folks who, you know, have lived their lives in these arts also understand that these are not, these are not motives to disenfranchise them from their work but these are ways that we can make their work more spacious and more accepting. And, and thus they have more students who are happy to be there with them. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a way that all of our work becomes, becomes better because there's more space for people. Um, but I think that's a huge fear that, you know, unless I completely uh, remove all sense of, the respect that a student should have for a teacher, then uh, I, I won't be accepted within the community. And I don't, I don't think that's the case. And I think um, it's a bit of an unreasonable fear, but at the same time, sometimes the language that we use to talk about these things creates these fears. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that we can, we can find ways to talk about these things with our messages, especially with the older ones, uh, because in, in some cases they're the hardest ones to move. Um, but at the same time, if they do move, then they will also bring a lot of folks with them. So I think these are important conversations that, that we can have with, with, with people like Mr. Gatu or uh, Mr. Mr. like these older Messies who, who are in our spaces and who are beloved to us and, um, and who we want to know that there are, there are changes afoot that don't mean that they are are any less but that they are there are ways to um to invite to be more inviting to create safer spaces where more students are going to want to be there for longer and are going to feel empowered to be part of the uh the community and the situation yeah um, it's 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 again like this this balance when you mention like safe space you know because it, it, it also depends on your understanding of how capoeira should be played, you know, mm -hmm. and, and also the understanding that there is, you know, we're talking about capoeira that is played on, on, on terms that vary a lot, you know, from group to group, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, you know, how they deal with, with the martial arts side of it, you know, and there is, there is a lot of this culture as well from people that, you know, the Brazil, teaching sometimes um oh I live through this I experienced this I they have to experience this too and like really like what what do you want them to experience what do you think is gonna make mm -hmm. them understand more 
you know, about capoeira, you know, because to be a good capoeirista, you know what I mean? Like, and these were things that as I grew up and, and I had many, you know, capoeira friends that, you know, the master would be very protective of like where they go to play capoeira, for example, yeah. you know, and uh, there were times that there was a rivalry with other groups and we were not allowed to go and play, you know, in those hondas. And I understand this up to uh, uh, a limit, you know, because in the end of the day, if you pay capoeira, you pay for your classes, you know, and like you're going to let your master dictates where you go or where you don't go. Maybe, maybe there is a reason, you know, maybe there isn't, you know what I mean? Like, so mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, I think it's down to, to every individual, every capoeira player to, to make that call, you know, because it's, 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 it, it is a fine line. Say the example I like to do is like, Oh, we would like to make a hard, a street hard master. What do you think? I said, mm, look, if you're going to hold the street harder, you have to be able to hold your ground because there is a chance, you know, and, and I, I feel like from the, the, the capoeira master, the capoeira teacher, the, sometimes there is this insecurity of, oh, this is going to happen. And then the, they're going to take, you know, they can take over. And it's like, not really. Sometimes you need to, as we say in Brazil, sing cantar a pedra. We have to sing what's going to happen, sing the stone, meaning like what can happen, you know? And I say, look, if you do this, if you do a hard on the street, maybe there'll come another capoeira player that will be confrontational and how are you going to deal with that, you know? And sometimes the best thing is actually let them do it and then see, because once it happens what you warn them that might happen, then actually they look up to you if like they will you will earn the I'll say, oh yeah, master said, you know what I mean? So there is there is a reason why, you know? Right. Well that's 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 a huge difference. That's the difference between expecting respect and earning respect. You know, you you give the information like in that case, for instance, I have a friend who uh their girlfriend was from a different group. So he went to that group's bachizadu in plain clothes, sat in the audience to watch his girlfriend graduate. And so he gets to his class maybe two days later and um, the teacher found out and the teacher is all upset at him and cussing him out for having gone to, to a, a bachizadu for his girlfriend to watch her graduate. He didn't even participate. And it's like, you know, that's, that's just, there's no way to even justify that. But at the same time, to know that there are schools, you know, there are places that you go where there may be beef, there may be issues. So you inform that person, you know, maybe go with a friend, maybe, maybe go to one of their open events rather than visit the school uh, on one of their internal holiday days. Uh, or maybe, maybe let me talk to the Messi over there and introduce you. Uh, so that they know that we know that, that you're going over there. And that, you know, there, there's so many ways to to have that be a dialogue rather than a dictatorial uh, way of approaching things. So I think I think you you clearly um, been able to demonstrate that difference. Um, and I think that also, you know, that gets into something that's that's a little bit stickier for for us capoeiristas. And, and that is like what the boundaries are between teachers and students. Um, like for instance, you know, in, in, in the U S uh, there's a huge number of messies who are married to uh, their students. And, you know, in some cases they met their students, you know, separately outside of Capoeira and through them, they got into Capoeira. And in some cases they met them in Capoeira um, and, you know, in, in many cases, these have been really good relationships. Uh, in other cases, they haven't worked out so well. But, you know, one doesn't necessarily want to say what two consenting adults can and can't do. But at the same time, we do know that if something like that happened at a university, right, a uh, uh, professor is dating a student and the professor is getting fired. If a doctor dates a client, then the doctor loses. Then if a doctor is dating a client, then the doctor is going to lose his license. Same with a therapist. 
Um, so we have to really be able to look at that and say, you know, sometimes these things happen, emotions happen, but we really need to at least be able to say that it is bad. It is not best practices to be dating your own students. Um, and, and to just put that out there and have that be something that's understood. Um, and when something like that happens, uh, that then there can be a conversation uh, about you know, what that means for the relationship, what that means for uh, the power within the, the power structure, how that can be harmful, um, and what are ways within that relationship structure to mitigate the harm. Um, because generally when those relationships break down, it's the student who ends up leaving the group. You know? um, so you end up uh, with people leaving a group, people not feeling welcome, people feeling like um, they may be the, the next commodity, um, depending on, on how people see that relationship develop. Um, it, it can be really, really damaging uh, to the group. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's hard to set that as as a, a policy because we don't have really any governing boards. Uh, we're all basically running our own businesses when we run a school. Um, and so then how does that accountability come in? I, I you know there there are certain frameworks to look at that, but it's it's really difficult. what What are your thoughts around that? Uh, and what's been in your experience? Yeah, I think it's it's um, like you said. I, I you know my my family. You know, I was born in a capoeira family. My 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 you know my partner I met in capoeira was my student, and I, I feel that it, it's a it's a real fine line, right? Because when when you have two consenting adults and they are straight forward with each other, right? And they know, both knows what, you know, the, 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 the deal is per se. It, it's, it's understood, you know, but I feel that the, the, the person who has more power, say the teacher, the master, you know, is, is the one that has to be aware of not using that position as leverage or as a way to coerce the other one if things don't go the other way, you know? Relationships, look, I feel that it's really important because that what is, Capoeira is about building a community, right? So there is a vibe to it that is, you know, that attracts people. And at the same time, you don't, like in my own group, I don't want to make a, 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 a environment where people feel like, you know, the kind of look over the shoulder to, you know, it's scared, you know what I mean? Or where, yeah. of course, everybody has to be accountable for their actions, you know? But at the same time, you don't want to make like some, like it's not, it should not be a work environment kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is, it's, it's important to know that, relationships within the group can be tricky after the, the relationship breaks down, you know, and how, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's definitely complicated, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's something that I feel say in, in, in my group, I have a few uh, uh, branches. I don't feel like I should be the one dictating that you should not do this. Right. Because I end up, you know, I had a few dictator again with that. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean. But it is important. I feel to 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 have, to tell, you know, like your instructors, like, look, and you are responsible for your actions, you know, and 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 you will be held accountable. And I think, you know, when we. When the, when the article came out uh, a few months ago, I, I had a series of conversations with different masters in Capoeira, you know, and, and they, from my understanding, I think only one that I spoke to, they had like a code of conduct, 
you know, mm -hmm. for events. And the code of conduct was mostly saying this, you know, like, look, in, in my event, you are my guest, but you will be held responsible for your actions, you know, whatever they may be. And, and it's not just on, you know, hitting on somebody, crossing the line, but also, you know, harder, you know, and you say, look, if you send somebody to hospital, you will go to hospital with that guy, you know? And I think it's, it's just showing um, that, just telling people that they're going to be held accountable. I think it really sometimes... Because it's 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 a it's it's all about perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is a perspective that uh, a teacher, a young teacher, or a you know maybe they won't see it because it's it's like when I was in Brazil and there were things that I didn't realize until I moved out. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's very hard to see when you are there, which sounds kind of uh, 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 silly, but it, it is true because that's that's how it happens. People don't they don't fully sometimes see what I, you know, the action, not that they are in childish or anything, it's just from your, your point, your, your position of power, you know, and I think that just by letting them know the penny drops, you know, and you can have, oh, okay, so I have, you know, which is obvious, you know, it's kind of, but because of the environment of, you know, when you are in the tour of events, it's always the same you know, schedule, you go there, you train, and you are, you know, the center of attention, then there'll be a party, and, you know, there'll be drinks and everything, so it's natural that, you know, things happen, but when I mean things, I mean, like, you know, flirting and that kind, that kind of thing, which I think it's, it's, it is part, but what I feel that is super important is that people should know, like, don't cross the line, you know? And just that warning, it makes a big difference. But also, this reminds me of a point which I, I said earlier on, on off with you, which is, it has a lot to do with the culture of bullying, you know? And I, I, I came to the UK when I was 14, first time. You know, my father came for a master's, that's when the group in the UK started. And, and uh, I had, on the third day of school, I had somebody who wanted to, to beat me up for whatever reason, you know? And, you know, that was like North, you know, uh, uh, Newcastle and the guy was tough, you know? And I remember I was worried, you know, because there was a whole culture of fighting. And if the guy said, oh, if you fight that guy, his cousin's gonna come. And I was worried. But I remember the teacher telling me, the actual the head teacher at the time, and I and I, I spoke to her. I said, "Look, I'm a bit concerned that this guy is gonna beat me up." And she looked me in my eyes and said, "If he beats you, if he hits you, you hit him back," which is something that you're never gonna hear today in the school today, right? Like yeah, you, yeah. it's, but I, I felt reinforced in the sense, basically, what she was saying, like stand up for yourself, you know, and I and that was. 1990, right? And 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 uh, I feel that if you look at the bullying issue, it has. If you look from 1990 to today, it has not got better. Or yeah. maybe people are looking yeah. more. But I feel that is really important to to make bullying uh, uh, unacceptable. Just like drink and drive is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And you have to tell first the victim, like, look, you need to stand up for yourself. It doesn't mean that you need to be physical, but you need to tell them. And also, if you tell the community, like, look, you guys, because 90% of the bullying happens behind the teacher, right? So yeah. if you make that truly not acceptable, like everybody is everybody's issue if this happens, I feel that it's where the change comes in. Mm -hmm. in my, my, my opinion, you know, so I feel that because when we're talking about code of conduct, we also start talking about safety officers, which, by the way, I think we need to have a, a, a better name because it feels very stiff, you know. Uh, um, Someone in my group uh, came up with the, uh, the name Vibe Checkers, and that's just uh, the, the idea that, you know, you, you're the folks who are at the party to make sure that the vibe is good and that everybody's having a good time. Um, and so it, it, 
it becomes less of the, you know, the policing and more just making sure that everybody's having a good time, that everybody's working together to, to not make other people's times not good. So I, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to start using that term. And, and, and I feel that, you know, like, because we start thinking, oh, maybe we should have a few guys at the, at the events that know about this. But I think that the more people that know what can go wrong in an event and, and, and be able to spot, like, possible issues and, and learning how to, to, to act, you know, but at the same time being cool because it's like, it's like a party, right? Like, how do you defuse a situation? How do you spot when somebody can be vulnerable? You know, how you can avoid situations where things can go, you know? And I feel that we really got to look into what Capoeira has taught, uh, taught me. You know, like, you got to play according to the music, but you need to know where that game is going. You know, you got to read the guy you're playing. And I feel it's, it's the same uh, uh, we should do as, you know, because like you're saying, like code of conduct, I am not aware of many groups that have that. But I'm sure that now there is a lot of guys talking about this. And, and, and uh, but I, I feel that People like th this is also what I the feedback like speaking to my students and a few of of my uh, uh, female students they 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 told me this like oh at the same like of course it's important to have this mechanism to to minimize the chance of things going wrong but at the same time you don't want it to make it like you know so stiff like say for example I have a small group here in Cambridge mm -hmm. and comes in if we put the system of implement the system of, of a safety officer. How are you going to get this conversation going to a brand new student? Oh, you know, we have like eight people trained. This is, you know what I mean? Like we, we have yeah. to, you know what I mean? How to make it like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it's a tough, you know what I mean? Like how you show this without feeling weird or, you know what I mean? Like, or without yeah. freaking out the new student, like, oh, why you guys have this? Like, is, is that, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think I think that's also like I mean part of just looking at again the approach of understanding what capoeira uh, is, and you know anytime uh, you know you start a new job or you go to a new school, there there are going to be these HR forms that tell you you know what's good, what's not good, um, how to spot an issue. Um, one of the things we've started um, are some some uh, community accountability trainings uh, that are open to everybody. So um, not only is it just, uh, you know, a certain set of teachers who are um, quote unquote safety officers, but everybody is read in. So everybody is able to participate and it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to become something that's hierarchical necessarily, but that, you know, like, like you said, as, as long as everybody understands this, everybody is almost deputized to be able to intervene and be able to help people out, then it becomes more of a community effort and, and it shifts the culture of the entire community. Um, I think one of the one of my approaches tends to be to work from a sex positive uh, framework because you're not gonna have, you're not gonna stop things from happening, um, but there are ways to have the conversations that allow us to mitigate um, issues. Um, one of the things you earlier said was, you know, being upfront, uh, being able to, you know, a lot of times we travel to an event, we've been there for a week, we've spent time with somebody, they're feeling us, we're feeling them, we're single, they're single, and and we talk about that, and and we're able to um, to spend time getting to know each other in in that context. But a lot of times, when that happens, a person maybe has a partner, or they're married, or and in some cases, that marriage is an open marriage, or there's an understanding, or the people are poly, or what have you. But much of the time, it's not. And so then there's a lot of hiding, there's a lot of lying, uh, and and people don't really know what they're getting into when they hook up with somebody. And I don't, I wouldn't ever dream to say, okay, in these parties, it's illegal to hook up. But um, 
to just talk about the fact that we should be able to be upfront with the people who we're meeting and 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 respect that person's right to know what they're getting uh, into. And that's again when there's especially when there's a teacher and somebody who's lower in rank, uh, it's just that much more uh, essential that 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 happens. Um, and I think that kind of, you know, as we have to kind of circle back and almost wrap it up fairly soon, uh, that brings us back to kind of the whole concept of community accountability, because, you know, we can have um, vibe checkers and we can have teachers who are watching out for people, um, but we also have to have some kind of process where if something does go wrong or, or if something... You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that something has to be wrong, but we can see a pattern developing in someone's behavior where we're like, I'm not quite sure about that. Maybe I should talk to somebody um, so that we can pull that person aside and, and, and just and just talk to them and see how maybe their actions are being perceived. They may have one intent, but the way that it's landing to people is not as funny as they thought it was or is not as fun as they thought it was. And, and to be able to um to have that so a process of getting uh folks together to create community accountability um in the same way that um, that we did with uh with your school um and that a lot of other schools have done where both teachers and students um who know about a certain issue are able to sit down and talk about it we're able to look at how the person who was hurt was affected and we're able to uh, indicate that to the person who who did the thing uh, not saying that that person has to be um, punished or uh, exiled from the community but that we are giving that person an opportunity to be accountable to hold themselves accountable and to say oh that's not at all what I meant by my actions. And I really want to do what I can to, to make things better for the person who, who was hurt by my actions. Um, because I think that if we're all able to think in that way, then we can, we can all see these. It's just like taking a hashtag in the hada, right? You know, it's going to hurt when you hit the ground, but it's a lesson and it allows you to progress and move and move forward. And so accountability is that same type of lesson where we have to learn not to be deflective, not to be defensive, not to say, oh, I didn't do that or, you know, or that's not what I meant. So that person's accusations are, are invalid, but that that's not what I meant. And so I need to find out how to make things better for that person. Um, and it's a complete, you know, shift night and day. Um, and, and we saw it in, 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 this instance when a person was able to be like, yeah, I, I did that. That's not what I meant. And I definitely, um, you know, would never want somebody to go through what that person uh, experienced from me. So how do I, how do I go about apologizing? How do I go about making things uh, better? So creating that both procedures and structures, but also just, having the conversation over and over again um, makes it part of the, the culture. Um, and so that last aspect of community accountability then really makes everything else. The key is, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you just got up. Uh, yeah, I think that the key is, is make it part of the culture. You know, I, I think it's, it's something that is not as present as it is you know, it's not it's not as constant as it should be, um, but I, I just wanted to to ask you. You said about sex positive, mm -hmm. yeah. If you could explain that term. Oh yeah, sure. So, for instance, and in, in, you know, you'll you'll find it um, the way that we look at sex, especially in the United States, to be very much from a puritanical point of view. So, you know, sex is marketed and sold. But in actuality, when we're talking about performing the act or, or how we make the act better or how we make sexual relationships better, we're afraid to even have that conversation. Um, and there's a lot of shame. Uh, there's a lot of, oh, shh, don't talk about that out in the open. And so we have a very negative attitude when it comes 
to sex. Um, but if we look at things in a sex positive way, then we can we create space to talk about sex uh, openly, to talk about the types of relationships that we have, to talk about um, you know all the things that we that we do um, in order to enjoy ourselves and to create enjoyment and pleasure for other people. Uh, and that also means that we can have the, the conversations about safety uh, and about consent, about what feels good, what doesn't feel good uh, in an open way. And so that there are no surprises, there's, there are no, um, you know, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that she didn't want that or I didn't realize that he didn't want that or that he wasn't. Because now if we're in a sex positive culture, we're, we're able to speak openly about that and not be afraid of being shut down or not be afraid of being seen as a freak or, or what have you. So it's, it's just that, that shift in culture, um, removing yeah, I, the shame. I agree. And, and I feel like, you know, looking from the side of, you know, being the leader of a, of a, my group is that it's, it's super important to have this more regularly. It's also like, because there are number of things that can happen right can happen some misunderstanding or you know being slightly upset but also can happen somebody who is been doing this for a while who's been abusing the position constantly you know and and uh, so i feel that it, it is this reinforcement to the student and saying look we're gonna have an event just to be able to have this conversation like i said and you know there will be a lot there'll be some guests and stuff but you know like don't, like I said, don't swallow a frog for anyone. Don't take shit from anyone, you know? And, and uh, you will have these, these, these guys that you can go into if I'm not there, you know? And, and uh, because there was a, a number of, uh, of, of uh, don't really need to, to name names, but there was a, a situation that was this, a person who was going to lots of events and it wasn't talked about, you know, mm -hmm. people. And then when it came out, it was amazing. It was the number of, you know, uh, uh, issues that had happened, you know. And, and uh, so it's, I feel that it's really important to, to, to reinforce the, the lowest, you know, in the hierarchical structure to say, like, look, if there is anything. You know, I mean, I think it's, it's super important to, to, to show as a group that we are, open to whatever you felt that was out of line, you know? Sometimes it, it, it might not be anything. Sometimes people might not like, oh, this, you know, it, it can be something minor, but sometimes mm -hmm. can be something massive. So I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's finding the way to have this conversation without, you know, Feeling be weird. I guess, like even me talking this, you know, over to you, it's it, it's not something that I have done. But I feel that it is 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 a conversation that is important to have, and and uh, that that sh should have more of these. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I we have a few people watching this now, and we will have you know more people watching this later. And I would really would like to hear the 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 feedback and you know suggestions or questions you know and i think we can we could work in a, in a future one we could have another conversation of this or even having other guests but i feel that we need to yeah it's something that we need to keep keep having those difficult conversations yeah i agree and i think um i think it would be cool if we uh you know as Folks are, are are listening to us and and have ideas or questions or or answers. Leave comments, um, leave questions, and then we could have uh, you know another broadcast uh, where we we address those or have those uh, as part of the uh, the discussion, um, and maybe even bring some of those folks uh, into the uh, the room and and because again we're not. Uh, you know, we, we have some expertise because we're teachers of Capoeira. I also have expertise because I'm a mental health professional, um, but we also need to bring other voices uh, in. And this is kind of what it's all about, just as you were saying. You know, we've got to make sure that whoever is the lowest on the totem pole, quote unquote, feels empowered to speak uh, their truth to the highest and hold us accountable. So 
that would be awesome. Uh, thank you. Yeah, man. So, yeah, thank you very much for taking this time and 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 uh, uh, yeah, just 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 be there and, and and put your time out. You know, I think it's it's something that we need as a community. We need to be talking more. And yeah, it would be great to 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 pick it up from listening. You know, watching us and yeah, deliver you know your comments, your feedback there, and we will pick it up from there for next time and we can set soon another 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 episode of this so great i've i've, I've always wanted to do this uh because i don't i don't regularly do things on online like this but you know if you're out there and you've enjoyed this content then please uh give a like and follow the senzala uh podcast uh, and you know set that alert button so that you'll see the next time uh, a new podcast comes out and we will be talking with you later. Cool. And uh, yeah, if you are in the US, in California, on the, is that the 13th? Uh, the 20th, the 20th. 20th. So on 20th of, of November, it's going to be the formatura of, of Versace, Mestre Versace. And uh, yeah, man, all the best. I hope you, you know, step me up to the training. You know, I heard there's a lot of people coming. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the hot is gonna be a long, you know, like a, a long line of guests. Is anybody else uh, getting formatura with you? Or yeah, myself, my cousin uh, Mestra Mia Velha, uh, Messi Shingu, uh, Messi Girafa. Mia Velha, nice. Contra nice. Mestra Raposa, Contra Messi Javan. Uh, I think contra Messi Pezão. Like they're gonna be, they're gonna be a few. So okay, so there, there's, there's a few to to share the burden. That's that's, that's <laughs> man. All the best. Congratulations, and uh, we'll we'll be in touch.